I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello. Elena, it's Luke. Lukey B! Hey! Hey, I know that, like, the show is supposed to be starting, but I'm in my attic right now. What? I've been, um, like, bringing stuff up here, trying to clean out my office a little bit, because all of the meetings I'm having and all the important stuff I'm doing, I'm zooming into, and I want the, like, look of my office, the actual room, to be sort of dialed in. I want to present a certain, you know, professionalism and, and competency. Like a minimalist cheek kind of a thing. Something like that, but... You know the movie Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase? Um, yes, of course. Do you know that weird attic that he gets stuck in with that ladder thing? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. the kind of attic ladder we have and is so treacherous. I'm climbing down it right now. My oh. entire life flashes before my eyes every single time. Oh, good. We have some vacuuming happening. That probably won't be distracting. Um, hold on. I'm going into the <laughs> office now. Um, Sorry. Uh, let me get on the real... Real microphone. How's this sound? Sounds great to me. Oh, good. Sorry. I got to stop starting the show by doing a physical activity that leaves me out of breath <laughs> to the <laughs> listeners. It's not, a, not my coolest look. Okay. Uh, thank you for humoring me. Uh, are you ready to do the top of the show? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Molly, are we recording? We are rolling, Lukey B. All right. <laughs> it's really catching on. All right. Take it away, Elena. <laughs> From PRX, it's Livewire. Recorded from our actual houses, welcome to the Livewire house party. This week with comedian Cameron Esposito, Claude Taylor from Rate My Skype Room, and music from The Lone Bellow. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now live and direct from, well, I guess he was in the attic, but now he's in his office, the host of Livewire, Luke Burbank. Thank you, Elena Passarello. Thanks, everybody, for joining Woo-hoo! us for the Live Wire House Party. How you doing, Elena? I'm good. I actually got jealous uh, of your applause machine, and I, I moved my recording setup to uh, my, my basement, and yeah. I found this little music box. Okay, let's hear what you got. I, I do not know what song it's going to play. Oh, my gosh. 
This is actually very uh, intriguing. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, you are my sunshine. Yeah, the saddest song ever written. Also makes me very hungry for popsicles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, We have a a really fun show in store for everybody this week. Uh, Cameron Esposito is going to swing by. She's amazing. (sighs) Oh, my God. So funny. She has a new memoir out. Um, And uh, we're also going to hear music from the Lone Bellow. They have these beautiful harmonies, which they're making uh, while they're in quarantine. Uh, So that's going to be fun. Um, and I'm not even kidding, Elaine. I am trying to kind of zhuzh up my home office from a visual perspective mm-hmm. um, because not only am I doing this show with you where we're on Zoom, mm-hmm. but I have this other TV job, and I actually was on CBS Sunday Morning recently from inside this room. Oh, pressure. Which is a different level of pressure, right? Yeah. And there's actually a Twitter feed that is – dedicated to rating people's rooms, the people like me who occasionally show up on television, uh-huh. to rating the backgrounds from like a zero to a 10. Oh my on God. How kind of visually interesting their room is. Well, I totally am doing that as of just a viewer. Right. Yeah, and it makes sense that you would be a little nervous too. I know. I thought it might be interesting to actually get one of the co-founders of this Twitter feed, uh, which is called Rate My Skype Room, on the show to maybe just, like, give both of us some tips on how to really dial in Mm -hmm. these rooms that we are broadcasting from. Uh, So let's welcome him to the show. Claude Taylor, welcome to the Livewire House Party. Thank you. Um, How did Rate My Skype Room get started? When did the idea hit you? My girlfriend and I... uh are both kind of news junkies. We've been watching, you know, we're both more or less stuck at home, um, as as are most people. We're watching more cable news um, than is healthy, and we started just looking at people's rooms and making comments to each other. And one thing led to another, and we just created the account, and it's sort of taken off. Was there a, a specific room that really, like, struck you that you were like, this needs to be commented upon? Well, there there was one particular room that I saw that belonged to uh, an individual named uh, Dr. Michael Hazeltine. Not someone you see a lot, but he had just this extraordinary room. So I, uh, that became and is still my my Twitter banner, and it's kind of the uh, the, the the golden fleece of Skype rooms. It has a, si- a model of a Saturn rocket on one side, uh-huh. Asian Asian art and a Buddha on the other, uh-huh. um, a, a great wall of books down one side. And what it has in common with a lot of better Skype rooms is it shows the depth of the room. Mm. Okay. So it, it brings you back and draws your eye through it. Um, so is that part of what makes a good background when you're like zooming into a meeting or if you're going to be on TV for some reason, is it like depth of field in the room in your opinion? Uh, Depth of field is a, is a common element in many good Skype rooms. It's not the only way to go. The most basic question is, uh, do you go books or do you not go books? Uh Right. Because I, I almost feel like there should be two rating systems, one for book dominated Skype rooms and one for non book dominated Skype rooms. So if you're going to do books, do books, but try to make it a little different. Try to add a little personality. Yeah. Uh, This is the live wire house party. I'm Luke Burbank with uh, Elena Passarella. We're talking to Claude Taylor, the one of the people behind this rate my Skype room Twitter feed that has over a hundred thousand followers in just like a week why do you think people are following you like why is this striking such a nerve 
Because I think we were all doing it. I think mm -hmm. we just started tweeting about it. Yeah. I think we were all judging the backgrounds. Rating people's decorating choices isn't that complicated. Hmm. At least not when we do it. I, I'm not actually an interior decorator. <laughs> I just pretend to be one on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I, I, I see guitars and I, you know, that's good for two points. It doesn't really matter what the room looks like. I get two points? Let me explain to our radio listeners, Elena Passarello is in a room in her house that has guitars mounted on the wall behind her. Claude, you're saying that's two points just for what, having well, guitars? Well, I, I mean, where most people start at, at zero, Elena is starting at two. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that can make all the difference. It can work the other way. If Elaine had a bookcase with color-coded books, <gasps> she'd be starting at a three-point disadvantage. Uh, this is, do you have an actual scoring system for this? No, we just make it up as we go along. <laughs> kind of the whole point here is that we're, you know, we focus mostly on newsmakers and pundits, talking heads, mm -hmm. and we want to see what they live like. You know, if they want to make it more complicated, it's up to them. But if it's too staged, it's, it just doesn't fly. Did you see the um, NFL draft, Jerry Jones? Or something yeah, Jerry like that? Jones on his yacht. Did you see that, Claude? I, I, I did see the yacht. Um, there was another one that from the NFL draft that really got a lot of attention, and that was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, who yes. was in this amazing mid-century home that looked like right out of Dwell magazine. Ooh. But he also yes. had the fireplace going outdoors. It was that day, I believe it was 98 yeah. degrees in Arizona. <laughs> You know, I really, you know, I thought it was an eternal flame. I thought it was like spiking. I, I mean, I thought it was, it was the architectural equivalent of spiking the football. Yeah, exactly. It, it just, it was just a, a, it was too much. Is there a top winner? Have you had one that's for you has been the 12 out of 10? You know, it's hard to say. We've had some very good rooms. Uh, Michael Benchloss's room is oh, very the nice. historian? Mm. Yes, the presidential historian. It looks like a presidential historian's room. Mm. Um, Richard Haas, the national security expert, <laughs> has, a, ha, has a very nice room. Um, you know, some of the celebrities have very nice rooms. You know, it's, it's a little bit unfair to mm -hmm. just look at the celebrities because they have the resources mm -hmm. to, pull, to pull off a great room. Mm -hmm. So we don't try to make that our focus but you know i like to see you know your average talking head reporter you know put some effort into it and make an interesting room mm -hmm. i noticed that you gave al gore a, a pretty bad rating four out of ten <laughs> this had to do with uh his orchid that you didn't like yeah, yeah orchids are fine but can <laughs> we just do something besides orchids <laughs> i mean it's like i mean like we started this this thing two weeks ago. In the first couple of days, I was like, you know, I was giving points for, for orchids because, you know, but now that I've seen about a thousand orchids, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not quite at the point where I'm taking a point off for an orchid, <laughs> but it's not, at this point, it's not really adding much. It's played out. It's played out. Hey, you know, uh, Claude, I, I know that you've been doing lots of interviews around this, uh, this Twitter feed, and I know that you're doing some national TV interviews. Are they shooting you in your office at home? I mean, is your room now going to be on national TV? And yeah. how's that yeah. feel? It doesn't feel good because, you know, <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm I'm a six tops. <laughs> what do you have? What, what what what's holding you back? Why are you stuck at six? Well, I I I haven't done the depth that we've talked about. Mm. You know, um, yeah. I'm I'm not somebody whose day job requires me to be on TV, so mm -hmm. I hadn't really put 
a lot of time and effort into my own Skype room. I didn't even have Skype on my uh, tablet or my phone um, until <laughs> a few days ago when news organizations started calling me, although for two weeks I've been raiding Skype rooms. Yeah. Um, I, this is a little bit uh, uh, slightly off the exact mission of your Twitter feed, Claude, because it's really for rating people that are putting themselves on television. But And what we're doing here is just radio. But you can actually see the room that I'm in, Claude. Can you, I mean, can you render a verdict on, on where I'm broadcasting from? You know, you're going to win points for the, for, the, for the dog. Yeah, there's a painting in the background that my wife did. It was one of those things where you go and drink wine and paint uh -huh. a, a thing of your pet. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure about the room color. Yeah, it's a little monochromatic it, from this angle. Yeah, it's not it's not the most pleasing color. Is that a big calendar? Yes, I had a moment <laughs> a couple of years ago where I decided the reason that I'm disorganized was because I didn't have like a four foot by six foot wall calendar. And so I bought that in the interest of, um, I don't know, staying more organized and mm -hmm. I never use it. Mm -hmm. And that, also that, that may be a sign that maybe you should take it down. Okay. <laughs> take the calendar down. And what, like, uh, I don't know what, well, I do actually have not to brag, but I do have a guitar in here. Mm. Um, yeah. but it's mm -hmm. uh, unlike Elena, I don't try to show off my musical abilities. So I've got it kind of out of the um, frame. Yeah. Um, out of the frame. I mean, or just a little bit in the frame. Okay. You know, just a just, have, just you know, just have it peeking out there. Yeah. Over there but there you go. There you like go. Like decolletage, yeah. just show a yeah. little bit of it. Okay, but honestly, you're not going to get up into sevens or eights until we you address the wall color. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, Claude, congratulations on the popularity of the uh, Twitter feed. It's, it's really fun to uh, to look at it, and um, you rule with an iron whim. It's uh, <laughs> quite a thing to see. <laughs> that is an accurate statement. <laughs> Claude Taylor from Rate My Skype Room, the Room Raider. Thanks for coming on the Livewire House Party. Thank you. That was Claude Taylor from Rate My Skype Room. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. This is the sixth one of these we've done already. Holy cannoli. It's flying, right? Time flies when you're <laughs> criticizing Luke's <laughs> office. Um, I'm Luke Burbank. Here with Elena Passarello, who's down in Corvallis. Uh, we got to take a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Livewire is supported in part by Fully. Have you ever noticed how kind of not great you feel after you sit at work all day? Truth of the matter is your chair is probably part of the problem. Most chairs and desks, they restrict movement, which leaves your body kind of achy, now we'd like to tell you about Fully, designer and collector of standing desks, chairs, and other workspace tools that encourage you to move so you will feel better at the end of your day. Uh, I use a Fully TikTok stool when I am recording these messages, and it has really changed my whole kind of physicality. After a long day, and I know it doesn't sound like a real job, maybe because it isn't, but after a long day of recording things at my home studio, sitting on a TikTok stool, I feel great. I don't feel like I've been ossifying for the last eight hours. I feel like I'm ready to go take on my evening. Uh, so I can't recommend Fully highly enough. Get your body moving in your workspace like I've done. Go to Fully.com slash Livewire. That's F-U-L-L-Y dot com slash Livewire. Fully, desks, chairs, and things to keep you moving. Welcome back to the Livewire House Party. 
from PRX. I'm your host, Luke Burbank, uh, here virtually with our announcer, Elena Passarello. Hey there, Elena. Yo. We um, love to ask the Livewire audience a question each week. Folks uh, submit their answers via Twitter and Instagram and all those social media places where we're all spending like probably too much time <laughs> Way too these much. days. Yes. <laughs> uh, we asked the audience, who's a fictional character you would like to add into your quarantine situation? Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my wife this question and she said, Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing, which mm-hmm. hurt. going to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a good but one. Yeah. Great feeling for me. But I was thinking about my answer to this question, Elena, and I think I would go with Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings because he always knows, like, what they should do and where they should go, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's very reassuring during the parts of those books. Let's be honest. I didn't read the books, but I saw that kind of weird <laughs> 70s cartoon about it. That's oh, like that a they kind used of, to sell on TV. Yeah, yeah. Like amalgamation of all the books. That is the reason why I have never read nor seen any Hobbit anything, because those commercials that sold that on TV were so <laughs> disturbing to me when I was young. It's the, I have to say, the animation is a little uncanny, but that's how I know really mostly about Lord of the Rings. And this Gandalf character is like leading them around. And as long as he's there, it's like everything's going to be okay. Right. And then he disappears for a while. And then right when things are getting very bad, he like shows back up with a plan. Um, And that's I feel like that's who I need in my life right now, because the whole thing that is so kind of anxiety producing about this moment of all of our lives is that just you constantly feel like I don't know what the next move is. Yeah. And I need like a Gandalf the Grey to just be like. Climb on this eagle and we'll fly away, <laughs> which is a thing that happens in that cartoon. I don't know if it's in the books. You might say that you need a leader to regularly guide you and give you yeah, updates that right. you can follow. I wonder why that you're feeling that need <laughs> yeah. in yourself, Lukey B. Yeah. I, can't, I can't think of any logical explanation for why I'm having this feeling. No. How about you, Elena? Like, What fictional character would you integrate into your life these days? I spent way too much time thinking about this. Yeah, this is like a perfect question for you. Oh, well, and I think uh, of all the books that I've read and taught and poured over and stuffed my house with, uh, I went through all of them uh, trying to find an answer. And I think the best fictional character to hang with me right now would be Remy, the rat from Ratatouille. Okay. Uh, I, I love rats, as you know. Um, yeah, I am particularly interested in rats that like to carry pizzas downstairs, which I'm sure Remy would do for me. But I also I don't know how to cook. So mm. my poor partner has just he doesn't seem to mind, but he's been making all of the meals. If they're not leftovers, it's mm-hmm. him. And so I would love for Remy the rat, who's cool and yes. French, you know, I could brush up on my French and sure. I want him to sit on my head like he does the human in Ratatouille yeah. and pull my hair so that I can make creme brulee or whatever. Yeah. The kitchen component mm-hmm. uh, would be huge because I think many of us who are not uh, cul- like talented in the culinary arts are really getting tired of our own cooking and even maybe the cooking of our partners if we happen to have one. God bless you, David. What are the Livewire audience members saying uh, in terms of a fictional character they'd like to have with them during quarantine? Here is one from Heidi. Heidi says the fictional character that Heidi would like to spend time with here in quarantine is Mary Poppins. So (gasps) she could take excellent care of my kids, help with schoolwork, and prevent fights while my husband and I work from home. That was like 
my second place okay. behind Gandalf the Grey. I really thought, because she also has that calming effect. I think she can kind of fly, yeah. or she can fall very slowly. Yeah, she, she's using an umbrella. She's like a drone. She can sort of hover. Right? Yeah. She's got ready access to sugar. She like has a, a bag with everything in it. Yeah. Any other answers from the listeners that you're finding interesting, Elena? Lisa's choice is Pa Ingalls. Oh, who man. is kind of not a fictional character, but maybe we're imagining like Michael Landon. We're going Landon. with the Michael Landon version, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume, right? Yeah, and but Lisa's reasoning is wonderful. Pa okay. Ingalls, because he would play the fiddle at the end of a long day. I know that I've probably told this story on the show before, but I had very limited TV access as a kid. Okay. My parents were pretty careful around that stuff. We had one tiny black and white TV that my mom would bring out of a closet to watch sometimes and the number one thing she would watch would be little house on the prairie because she loved michael landon oh yeah and we would sit around watching little house on the prairie on as it was you know being rebroadcast on daytime tv at the end of every episode pa ingles would swoop in and save the day and my mom would cry and we would look at my mom and we would say you love him more than dad It was very traumatized. I definitely thought Michael Landon was going to break up my parents' marriage when I was a kid. Yeah, that was like that at my house, except for with Magnum P.I. Like my oh mother, boy. my mother spoke in very uh, uh, detailed sentences about why yeah. Magnum P.I. was the hottest thing on two legs. That's hard to argue with. What other answers are you seeing from the audience? Here's one from Heather, uh, a character that was definitely on my list. Hermione Granger. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter verse. Uh, she'd find a book in the library with a way to solve all the problems. That's totally true. Like, she she fixed everything in Harry Potter, really. Like, the, yeah. we owe most of the fact that those people are still alive to her. To Hermione's work. <laughs> yeah, but she's kind of bossy. Honestly, I would take someone who was mildly bossy but knew what they were doing. Back to the original part of this conversation. Look, I'm asking for a Gandalf the Grey up in here. I need some leadership at this point. (laughs) This is the Live Wire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. Elena, um, if I told you that I just got done reading a book called Save Yourself, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, that's on brand for surviving a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, you, though, would be wrong. It's actually this amazing new memoir. I know you've been reading it as well. Uh, by friend of the show, Cameron Esposito. People probably know Cameron from her TV show, Take My Wife, uh, her various comedy specials. Uh, she is the best, and we're very excited that she agreed to stop by this week's house party. Cameron Esposito, welcome to the show. You know, Luke, I, I don't know if you know that this feels very full circle for me because you were just like, ah, I'm recording in my home. But like I <laughs> came and did TBTL at your home. Right. Like one of the nine podcasts that I do. Like that's how we first met, yeah. you know, for, for me and you, like our yeah. roots, like this is normal. <laughs> this feels right. Well, uh, even though the times are very weird for us uh, and that's, you know, part of why we're doing it this way, it's really nice to see you and talk to you. Uh, speaking of the weird times that we're in right now, Cameron, I saw a clip of you on TikTok where you're in your yard talking about how your neighbors had been partying. Was that from a while ago or was that a recent thing that happened? Because I felt immediately scared for you. <laughs> it's like from two days ago. I mean, oh, no. I have to say uh, congratulations to me because I have begun the initial stages of figuring out TikTok. And that <laughs> video 
has done well on that platform. Like I thought, oh, I have to do dances when I started right. having a TikTok where I was like, okay, I guess I'm 38, but I have to figure out how to do dances uh, with high school seniors. Yeah. But it turns out- you're Megan the Stallion <laughs> savage <laughs> dance coming along, okay? <laughs> but it turns out you can just tell 15 second jokes. My neighbors had a very loud party with disco lights and I am not sure- that additional people were there. Like, I don't think they <laughs> broke quarantine. I think they, like, it It was 4 o'clock in the morning when I went out and, like, opened the window. Like, uh, much like uh, uh, Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, uh-huh. it's, sure. it throws up in the sash, you there, boy, what day is yeah. it? Go get the largest turkey. <laughs> I, like, like, opened my window and said, like, pardon me. I don't know if you know what time it is or that the sound echoes. And they just turned around and walked inside but turned down the music. And um, my girlfriend pointed out to me that they probably did know what time it was and how loud the music was. And that's why they dismissed me and walked away. (laughs) I'm very relieved to hear, though, that it was probably just your neighbors wilding out. Because when I heard you talking about a party, I started to think of vectors and bubbles being expanded and all kinds of danger. Well, my apartment looks into their front yard and they do seem to be occasionally receiving people in a way that makes me like I'm like I I'm trying to do the math, like using my thumb and then measuring my thumb to try to figure out like what's the actual distance between them and the other people that they're talking to. Yeah, because it just feels like my take on this pandemic was immediate overreaction and preparation like bought. Panic bought a bidet day one. <laughs> Didn't even install it. Mailed it back. But just to know that I had it, you know? Yeah. I've been sleeping with a hatchet. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Cameron Esposito here on the Livewire House Party. She has a new book out called Save Yourself, which is good, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, I oh, feel like I've you. known you, you know, for a long time, and yet there was so much stuff in here that I didn't know about your life and growing up. Um you you grew up in Illinois in a place called Western Springs. What was the scene like there? Have you seen the movie Contagion? Like, because yeah. like, yes. that's the Recently. that's the movie everybody's watching right now. So yeah. in that movie, um, Matt Damon has left his house because I think he's going to go get like like rations from the National Guard. Mm-hmm. He's driving yeah. down a small town like main street and their uh-huh. buildings are on fire on on both sides yeah. of the street, but it's a very cute looking place. Yeah. Uh, that's my actual hometown of Western Springs, <laughs> Illinois. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Also day one of pandemic. I can, I was like, you know what we should do? Watch contagion. Just, I forgot that my actual hometown <laughs> is burning to the ground in that, in that movie. This explains sleeping with the hatchet and yelling at your neighbors. Yeah. I mean, you have really good reason to take this seriously, considering years before the prophecy was foretold <laughs> in your own actual hometown. It's true. Also, you know, in, like, seriousness, so I've been promoting the book, which is called Literally Save Yourself, and right. just congratulations to me on having a book called that coming out right now. Um, but also... My girlfriend, who I live with, is is an immunosuppressed person who has been recovering from... She was super sick. She was sick for five weeks, and we were in and out of the hospital and stuff, and we think with the virus. And so I just say all of this because 
you know, it feels like the a movie is happening that I'm participating in, but that also like I go home and watch the dailies. Like I go home and watch uh, what I did right. during the day. Uh. And then I'm also like trying to manage the anxiety of like, there's a human that is not feeling well. And usually, you know, what I would do in that time is like be a caretaker and then also seek the things that give me comfort, my friends or mm-hmm. say, leaving the house, you know, or like going to a movie to blow off steam, go to the gym, run on a treadmill at 72, you know, miles an hour or whatever it is. And like, (laughs) right. Like a cheetah. Yeah. Like none of that is available. So it's just this very strange time of being really present and also really detached watching me go like, well, that was a choice. We don't know. We can't even judge whether or not it's right or wrong. It's just what you're doing, kid. Yeah. And this is your first book, yeah? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's my first and most ideal. Uh, <laughs> so that's got to be surreal, too. Like, if you ever imagine putting a book out, and then you finally do, and so you both have a book out, but you're in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the I pivoted the book tour to Zoom. This is like, nobody's really using Zoom yet when this happened, because this was mm-hmm. really week one of all workplaces being closed, and... Um, I was zoom bombed yeah. in a very significant that? way. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I had friends and acquaintances that are incredibly, you know, literary, they're New York time bestselling, Roxanne Gay, you know, Carmen sure. Maria Machado. And I, and I felt responsible, not just to them to run a good event, but also 500 queer people who are like in a state of crisis, mm-hmm. all sitting in their homes, all of us going into quarantine already with weird haircuts, you know, <laughs> each of them <laughs> sitting in front of like whatever rainbow flag they have in their house and then with their dogs all around them. And <laughs> like the first panel went so, so well and I didn't know about Zoom bombing. The second panel is going on. It's like this very raw, you know, people are crying and then Zoom bombers came in and, and they shared their screen and the most hardcore pornography I have ever seen in my life was suddenly happening on the screen. I was trying to figure out like, what button did I push (laughs) hosting this this meeting that is like, well, like don't press the space bar because that's the hardcore pornography (laughs) bar. You know, like people told me later that I remained utterly calm. Um, But I did go ahead and close the meeting and then uh, relaunch it with some better protections. Uh, This is the Live Wire house party, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. We're talking to Cameron Esposito. Her new book is Save Yourself. Uh, One of the things that I wouldn't have really known about you until I read this book is you present as a very confident person on stage. I feel like that is something I've always admired about you. You're very calm, but you write in this book that... That's not how you are off stage a lot of the time or how you weren't you, know, you weren't necessarily that way growing up. Like did you start developing your act as a way of trying to be the person on stage that you wanted to be off stage? I think it's a we contain multitudes situation as human beings where you know when I was a kid I felt so goony because I was like gender nonconforming I wasn't 100% matching up with certainly in western springs and that beautiful burnt to the ground downtown. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I was not necessarily 
noticing other people uh, dealing with the same stuff that I felt like I was dealing with. And I had an eye patch because I had crossed eyes. Mm. I had to wear the eye patch on the crossed eyes with glasses on top, you know, so just a classic look. And I did, I get body shamed a bunch for being what I think other people perceived as chubby, but I think they just meant gay. Like it just was, there was a lot, I was getting a lot of messaging and I felt so strange. And so I think, you know, overdeveloped this sense of humor. And when I'm on stage, like that is really happening for me mm-hmm. that I feel confident. It's not faked, but yeah. I do think that many comics, I mean, I don't want to like speak for everybody. It's my read that this is how we all feel. Like even when mm. I talk to other comics that may not know this themselves, I'm like, I see this in you. I just think it's like a, it's a duality thing where the, mm-hmm. the confidence in speaking to large groups of people does not necessarily translate to the vulnerability interpersonally that is also a part of confidence. You know, one part of confidence is like, here are my irrefutable opinions. Mm -hmm. I am going to stand on stage and express them, and I am right. And another part Mm -hmm. of confidence is here's the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm going to tell you my friend, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to hold space for me. And I think comics are people who have used that first skill set and who then have to develop the second, where there's a lot of other people who might have that interpersonal confidence, who those are the people who then say to me, like, I don't know how you do stand up. And I'm like, I don't know how you have friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're talking to Cameron Esposito, uh, whose new book is Save Yourself. Uh, One of the things that uh, you've really uh, worked on in your career is really making space for other people, I think, particularly women, particularly queer people. Is there any way to do that in this day and age, like in this weird quarantine setting? Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I am hosting a bunch of events and like that yeah. will continue to today. I'm doing stand up for an hour on Zoom. So like, How's that? we'll see how that goes. Well, mm-hmm. I've been doing it in just chunks and sometimes to silence and sometimes to unmuted participants which is helpful but also like much worse because it's it's just like uh the technology isn't built for that yeah it's gonna throw your rhythm off Mm. yeah i mean the other thing that i did was i mean this is just i'm literally the first time i'm talking about this but uh, several weeks ago i borrowed four cameras and i shot uh like special in my house what for for nobody (laughs) (laughs) so like i'm about to watch the first cut of that right after this i don't know if it will at all work or I, we don't know, you know, like it's, it, we're really, yeah. every comic is reinventing this thing. So yeah. we'll see. I think for, you had a TV <laughs> show, Cameron, you know, like for all of us who've had the privilege of like doing television where there's a crew, boy, talk about an appreciation. Now that I'm trying to do these silly TV things I do from my house on my laptop. Yeah. It's like, I am sorry, Mike Hernandez Union camera person that I underestimated you. It does feel like the zenith of what we have all been called to do. And I don't even just mean in the entertainment industry. I think this is also true if you like work in marketing or like Mm -hmm. are a nurse where Mm -hmm. then we're also all supposed to have an online presence that shows savvy, you know, like Mm -hmm. we don't just have, it's not just about like uploading your resume to like, LinkedIn or whatever. It's like, mm, but could it also look good? Mm-hmm. You just used a term, Cameron, uh, that is very loaded for me because I grew up in the church. You said called 
to do something. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like a very like that was something that get thrown around at Gospel <laughs> Outreach Christian Fellowship. I didn't. I did not realize the extent of your Catholic upbringing until I read this book. Man, it you was like this was serious business for you. Yeah, the extent of my Catholic upbringing. Of course, I say things like called to. This is huh. it's it's in there. Where I am right now is that I do not have any connection to like practicing religion, and I don't know that I ever will. But the cultural identity of Catholicism baked in can't can't ever wash it out or whatever. It's in there. Um, and then also, you know, I have like a very spiritual read on stand-up that maybe some people who didn't want to be priests in their younger life don't <laughs> necessarily bring into things. Yeah. you, you d- In this book, you describe the connection really between the performer and the audience in a way that is, I, I thought, really profound and like a, a way I hadn't thought about it before as a person who regularly performs. Yeah, I'm so aware that some of this might sound very self-congratulatory. So I will just say, I think of this as a skill set, not necessarily like I'm uh, the Messiah that the title of a book, Save Yourself, might indicate you (laughs) (laughs) that I think I am. It's more, um, you know, I think that as people, we are really scared and we want to know how to process the events around us. We want life to have meaning. We want to know why we are in pain. And a lot of comedy, I mean, stand-up specifically, is people on stage talking about their feelings. It's just that many of us wear motorcycle jackets and have cool haircuts, <laughs> and so you can get confused. Wait, is this, are these cool people talking about something besides feelings? No, it's just, it's just emoting, you know? It's an event and how, how we feel about that event. And so, you know, I think people show up because in some ways there's a submitting to being led by another Mm. that, you know, is the dynamic that causes people to show up in churches too. Mm -hmm. You know, we want, we want like a, some sort of unified theory Yeah. Mm -hmm. of what we're all doing here. Also there's drinking much like Catholic (laughs) mass. Uh, We're talking to Cameron Esposito, whose new book is Save Yourself. Uh, It's a memoir. It's great. It covers her life, but a whole variety of really fascinating topics. And if you are trapped at home, as many of us are, and you're looking for something good to read, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, We brought you here not just to talk about the book, Cameron, but also because you're uh, a very smart person in my knowing of you. And so we wanted to do a little something that we call the Jar of Truth. Usually when we're at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland, Uh, We have an actual physical jar. It's got questions in it. They are the essential questions of our time. But since we're doing this virtually, we're on the fly. We're pivoting, okay, because we're all about pivoting now and playing in new spaces as a show. Uh, We are calling this the Wheel of Truth. And basically what's going to happen is I'm going to spin this wheel, and then wherever it lands, Elena Passarello, our announcer, is going to ask you a question from the Wheel of Truth, one of the essential questions of our time. Cameron Esposito, are you ready for that? I am so excited. Okay, great. Here we go. Let's spin the wheel. And where did it land, Elena? Wow, look where it landed. Cameron Esposito, is it acceptable if you're on a Zoom call with more than 10 people to ghost? (laughs) This is the full question? Yeah. Uh, Do you mean, okay, you're on the call with, you you just leave. Yeah, just peace out. Yeah, Irish goodbye, as, as yeah. we might say. I can't think of anything more acceptable. I, that's why I asked <laughs> if it was the full question. I, I, 
This is so within the realm of yeah. of yes that I just yeah. I felt like where's the part that seems debatable? This is so open and shut for you. Oh yeah, here are here are the things I think are acceptable on uh the on a Zoom call. Number one constant renaming of yourself rename yourself as many times as you want also if you're the host feel free to rename others i was on one with my family name myself the best sister name my two siblings (laughs) other sisters (laughs) like that look we're just trying to survive here um other options constantly turning your video off doing it so many times that people are wondering what are they doing but you gotta the way to really Mm -hmm. To secure that reaction from someone else is to turn it back on. And you're in your, you're always in a different room of your house or there's always a different background. What are they doing? Like that's so constantly turning the video on and off. Classic move. I would do it anytime. Uh, Ghosting, I would say also totally fine to not even show up. And you could say, oh, I tried, you know, I couldn't find too many. I couldn't figure out. But um, technical difficulties leaving, also fine. The big thing in my family, because we've been Zooming like crazy, is whoever starts the meeting has mute power over everyone else. And so, like, if I start the the hangout, I am constantly muting my mother. Like, it's like a penalty <laughs> box in hockey. And I'll say, Mom, that was passive-aggressive. I mute her for 30 seconds. It is so fun. And it's now a game where people are calling for other people to be muted in the chat. Like, if someone says something, my like my brother Sam will be like, you got to mute them. So it's like a it's, – it's, weird but very fun dynamic Mm, going i feel so much power i love that my students have been uh because all the classes are on zoom they've been taking screenshots of themselves listening patiently and making that the (laughs) so because you know these classes can have like 30 people in it and so you just see this very studious person who hasn't moved their face in like 25 minutes (laughs) oh my god i mean more power to you i I mean that should just be an automatic pass that is so funny actually here's what i think is even funnier than that you know you can like set your custom zoom background Uh that is where you you take the screenshot of yourself listening patiently put that behind (laughs) you but then you're in front of it judgmentally alter vacillating between judgmental and zoning out like you're yawning but behind you you're like this is what i hope to be but this is what i am you know like that actually feels really nice yeah um cameron's new book is save yourself thank you so much for coming by the house party cameron you're the best it was so great to see you both and seriously luke like i actually we have known each other for a long time it's really nice to see people i've known for a minute um yeah That stuff gets really intense these days, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm like basically about to burst into tears. Well, it's cathartic, so it's great to see you two. Be safe, okay? Yeah, you take care. Bye-bye. All right, thanks, Cameron. That was Cameron Esposito here on the Live Wire House Party. Coming to you uh, from PRX, I'm Luke Burbank at my house, Elena Passarello, checking in from her place. We have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we will be right back. A special thanks this episode to Curtis Clark of Portland, Oregon, and Pat Gavlin of Seattle, Washington. Curtis and Pat are part of the Livewire member community, and they are generously supporting the show with a donation each month. And we are very thankful for their support, maybe now more than ever, because it is genuinely what helps us keep this whole thing going. So thank you so much for your generosity and for helping us out. Curtis and Pat. Welcome back to the Livewire House Party. It's the sixth one of these we've done. I can't believe 
that it's already been six weeks of this, Elena. Yeah, we can no longer count the number of house parties on one hand. Yep, and uh, we're. I feel like we're going to be working through fingers and toes on this whole project <laughs> as time goes on. Uh, happy to have you here, though. I'm Luke Burbank. Elena Passarello is at her place down in Corvallis. Uh, and because this is a house party, I'd like to bring a musical guest in each week. This week, our guests are known for their harmonies, for their musicianship, for their raucous uh, live performances. They've been on all kinds of shows. Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, The Late Show with David Letterman, Conan. Uh, and uh, their latest album is Half Moon Light, which you can check out right now. Let's welcome Zach, Kaneen, and Brian from The Lone Bellow to the Livewire House Party. Hey, you guys. Hello. Hello. Where are you guys all at right now? Uh, we are in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we all live about a mile away from each other. Um, have you done anything where you, like, drive up to each other's house or, like, stand in the yard and wave? <laughs> we just did that yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How was it? I TP'd uh, Brian's house <laughs> last night, but I haven't talked to him Dude, that's the new. that's the new, like, making it rain when you TP somebody's yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I get all my TP from North Alabama. They got so much right now. <laughs> Um, so, so you guys are all in, in Nashville now, but I know that you had started playing together uh, in New York really as a kind of formal band. Uh, what's the difference energetically uh, for you guys between writing and living in a place like New York City and writing and living in a place like Nashville? I think living in New York, you kind of you like earn your stripes. So whenever we're working with people that aren't from New York... We're like, let's get started at nine. How long do you want to work? Because we could go all day. It's kind of like, it's kind of in the blood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and I and I hold that really dear to my heart because I really enjoyed living in New York. And that was a season. I'm surprised to hear. I always assumed that Nashville was where the real workhorse, like, pow, like the real professionals. Oh, man. They start at like noon and go home at like five. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> It depends on if you're focusing on quality or quantity. Because quantity, mm. we'll get there early in the morning. We'll stay all day. But, yeah, I, we can't make any progresses about quality when it comes to <laughs> making music. Whereas the Nashville players, they'll show up at 11. They'll play for, like, 30 minutes. And you'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay, no one can beat that. <laughs> uh, this is the Livewire House Party I'm Luke Burbank with Elena Passarella We're talking to the folks from The Lone Bellow Their new album is Half Moon Light uh, We're going to hear a song that you guys put together uh, I, If I understand right, basically during quarantine um, It's called Count On Me What was the process like for, for creating this thing we're about to hear? Well, um, this song started at my house so, and you're hearing Zach, by the way, yeah, everybody Zach. in Radio Land. Uh, so, yeah, I recorded the guitar and the vocal and then passed it to one of our wonderful managers, Megan. And then um, she passed it on to Brian, and Brian laid down his guitar and vocal, and then passed it on to Kaneen, and she laid down her instrument and vocal. And then Megan magically put it all together somehow. Nobody knows how. That happened, huh. obviously. How do um, people? How does people mix music? Right. I mean, because you guys are one of the things people love about your band are the harmonies are so beautiful, and I assume under normal circumstances you're harmonizing in the same room yeah. when you're recording an album. I mean, this is a totally different thing, right? Was it weird? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super weird, especially with all the reverb on everyone's voices. Yeah. We're at the point where we can like hear each other. I can like hear the way someone's breathing and know what they're going to do. So, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's a little hard trying to <laughs> do that over Zoom, but I think we figured it out. I don't know. Well, let's take a listen to this song from The Lone Bellow. Uh, this is Count on Me. This world can take you Need an arm around your neck Somebody you can talk to When it shakes you But no one else will say it And you need to hear the truth Let it break you let it help you lay down what you held on to. Let it break you. Let it help you lay down what you held on to. Scared of failure. Clocks counting down. I think I got everything through. And a friend of trouble. To lose it all I got nothing else to lose Let it break you Let it help you lay down What you held on to Let it break you You can count on me I can count on you Help you lay down What you held on to Help you lay down What you held on total first for us okay we've 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 never actually like played a band's music that's been recorded while the band was on the call with us and it was clearly deeply embarrassing for you zach because you left the video there was a burned trisket nachos someone threw a stuffed horse across the camera field of vision so much going on there 
It was wonderful. You guys sounded great, oh though. I mean, uh, in a million years, I would have never known that that, that was uh, something that was kind of pieced together in an unconventional no manner way. for you. So uh, huge credit to you guys and uh, Megan, your producer, for making that all work. That was just beautiful. Now we, like, never have to see each other. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> the Lone Bellows' uh, new album is Half Moonlight. Uh, that song, Count On Me, is on there as well. We just heard the acoustic version. But you guys, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the show. Anytime. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, man, thank you. I guess that is going to do it for this episode of the Livewire House Party. Elena, it was fun hanging out with you. Should we do this next week? Why? Why not? Yeah, I don't got anywhere to be. I'll be here. Um, <laughs> thank you so much also to our guests, Cameron Esposito, Claude Taylor, and, of course, the Lone Bellow. Livewire is brought to you in part by Foley, Alaska Airlines, and the Jupiter Hotel. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko, and Ariana Donneville is our marketing associate. Caitlin Kunkel is our writer, and Molly Pettit, our technical director, is our house party mixer. As always, a big thanks to Carlson Audio. And special thanks this week to Megan Letts for helping us out with that Lone Bellow song. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Cultural Trust and the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. Our show is made possible by the generous support of our members. This week, we'd like to thank members Chris Bright of Portland, Oregon, and Elena Lake of Portland, Oregon. Decent name, I'd say. Mm -hmm. For more information about our show or how you can listen to our podcast or get our newsletter, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for our Elena, Elena Passarello, and the whole Livewire crew. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. PRX. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 